Welcome to the Expansive CEO Podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Chapman, founder of Expansive CEO and X Squared Wealth Planning. Buckle in as we explore how to create true prosperity and build a business and a life that expands beyond yourself and makes a dent in the universe. Welcome, everyone, to this episode of the Expansive CEO Podcast. Today, my guest is Mara Whitener, and she is a fractional COO, fractional chief operations officer, uh, which so many of us entrepreneurs need, right? And small business owners. Um, And she really helps business owners decrease their stress and increase profitability. And that does that through improving your systems and processes and all the things that fall into the operational basket, right? Like all the doing, all the processing that we have to do on our own while we're lifting our businesses off the ground a lot of times. And then when they get to a certain point where it's like, okay, I'm really ready to optimize. I'm really ready to streamline. I'm ready to like, instead of having a hodgepodge of different systems and processes and not, you know, things not speaking to each other or working with each other, bring it all together into one one um, working cohesive system. And that's really, you know, that, that operational piece that we all, that we all want and need um, in order to be able to really be the CEO, the expansive CEO of our own businesses. So, and Mara also brings really special, um, really special details in um, to her work as well, implementing human design, um, into her planning, which we're going to talk about because y'all know how much I love that. So Mara, thank you for being here and please tell us more about you and how you got into doing what you're doing now. Yeah. Thank you, Hannah. Thank you for having me here. I'm super excited. Um, as Hannah mentioned, I am a fractional COO, but I also like to identify as a business problem solving strategist. I help you get the answers to those problems and those issues that that you are having in your business, more specifically operationally. You know, a lot of people, um, her eyes kind of glaze over and think, oh, I'm not big enough for operations. If you have a business and you have tasks that, that, that you have in the back end of your business and running it, you have operations, right? Um, operations is actually just a makeup of your systems, your processes, the team you may or may not have on board. Um, And it kind of sets the foundation for any business. So it's not going to function. You can have the best sales and marketing strategies and it's not going to function if you don't have your operations put together to be able to implement those fabulous strategies. So I kind of look at it as a pyramid. You've got your systems and your workflows and your team kind of on the bottom, your base foundation. Um, Stack on top of that your amazing sales and marketing. And on top of that, it's you. All of those pieces are in place to support you um, as the business owner and you as a CEO of your business. Even if you're just getting started in your business, you are the CEO of your business. And so it's important to kind of think in in that in that framework. Um, but all too often, operations is kind of like the redheaded stepchild of, of business. It's everyone focuses on the flashy marketing and the sales and you know, we're going to throw a system in place. We're going to figure this out as we go. And it's never really addressed until things are usually a little out of control and chaotic. 
Um, and so what I help business owners do and super passionate about is find the right pieces, the right systems, the right workflows, the right team members to surround themselves with to really create that big overall vision that they had. We all start our business with some sort of vision. It's a lifestyle we want to create, a dollar amount that we want to hit. And that vision looks different for everyone. Um, And that's kind of the beauty of being a business owner. But how do you get there, right? It's not just marketing sales. It's how you run things to get to this this overall vision. There's no one way to do business anymore. It's not the old school days where there's, you know, if you don't do it this way, you're never going to be successful. But we keep fighting against this old school mentality that if you don't do it this way, it's not going to work. Yeah, it is. The only right way to do business is the right way for you. But how do you figure that out? So I know a lot of us as entrepreneurs, we're like, great. That's awesome. It sounds wonderful. I love that. How do I figure it out? Right. Yeah. So um, my blueprint process that I that I go through with entrepreneurs, let's just take a look at everything. We're going to look at your team, your workflows, your systems, even your marketing and sales from an implementation point of view. And we're going to make sure you have surrounded yourselves with all of the right pieces. And that allows for you to honor your projector self or honor your generator self. Um I use human design with all of my clients. Um, It allows me to go deeper and further customize those aligned pieces to you and the vision that you want to create. So I actually go vision backwards. Um, I want you to paint me the vision and then we're going to go backwards and we're going to see where you are and we're going to create a customized action plan for you to implement yourself, to have my assistant. Um, assistance and kind of handholding and accountability, have my fractional COO services, you know, if you want me to come in and, and implement that plan, or I also have system setup services and things like that. So I'm ultra passionate. I have over 20 year career in, in business, over 15 of those as an entrepreneur. And in my experience, it's if you don't surround yourself with the right pieces, You can start to question your vision. You can start to go, what am I doing this for? Because I'm slaving away. I'm working 16 hours a day, 18 hours a day. I don't get time with my family. I don't get time with my kids. I have lost time to do hobbies and I've lost my life. It's all dedicated to building this big business vision. And that's great. I still want it. Like there's still this passion and I still want it. And it, this is really, really frustrating. And, and so some people start to doubt the overall vision or their capability to make this thing happen. And especially as women, I feel we even we more so than men need to align ourselves with those right things, those right systems, the the space, because we're everything to everyone. You know, if we have this business vision, well, we get this to be the CEO and build this over here. But a lot of us have, we're wives, we're mothers, we're caregivers, we're everything to everybody else. And really surrounding ourselves with the right help and the right pieces is the only way to make that happen seamlessly and, and easily and let us enjoy the journey rather than beat our head against the wall. So that is why I'm very, very passionate about what I do. I don't think that anyone needs to go through their entrepreneurial journey and question themselves 
hit roadblocks, there are answers and there are people that can help guide you to the right answers. Um, you just have to be willing to get some help. So there's so much there, like five different things. Like we got to go this direction. Um, so, which we also talked about, like we could go on forever. So we're going to keep this into a like normal length <laughs> interview. Um, but again, I, I feel like, uh, first of all, hilarious, um, coincidence is that I, you know, I am also a multiple business owner, wife, a mother, um, dog mom, all of the things. And literally like, as soon as we end this interview, I have to go pick up my kids to take them to dentist appointments, um, because it's my turn. Cause my husband did it last time. Right. And so we, even in, you know, the space of a very supportive relationship, you know, there's still so much, right. There's so much that has to be done. Um, when you have all of these plates that are spinning and what I was, the, the thing that was, um, also coming up and popping up for me as you were talking was how valuable it is to be the visionary. Cause I, I put myself firmly in that seat as well. I, I consider myself a visionary entrepreneur. I work with visionary entrepreneurs. Um, and when I am holding the hand of another visionary, I can be the balance for them, right? I can sit in the let's figure this out seat. But for me personally, for my business, I am the visionary in my business and in my home and having support. I didn't know what it felt like to have someone look at a process and write SOPs for me until this year. And I was like, Oh wow. That's what that's like. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've just been flying by the seat of my pants. Uh, not, not really, but like, that's what it feels like. Um, uh, when you don't have, and when you don't know what that level of support feels like, and then when you get it and you have it and you're like, oh, I can just say, here's how I do it. And someone else is going to write it all up and like follow the checklist every time. And I don't ever have to think about that again. It was transformational. <laughs> exactly. The, the most common feedback I get even after a first session or after a second session is it is some version of the word freeing and they will phrase it in different ways. I mean, we can be halfway through our session and it's like this weight lifted off your shoulders that you don't have to be the only one to think through everything. You don't have to know all of the answers. It's okay, by the way, for you as a business owner, not to know all of the answers, but having that second brain, that's going to help you think through running your business to allow you the space to be the visionary, to be the dreamer, to be the creator. Honestly, at a certain point, if you don't have that other support, it's a bottleneck. Right. It's not going to allow you the time and space. And so being willing to embrace that type of support, you're right. That feeling is just it's transformational. There's just like the, all of the weight lifts. You're just like, yay. You know, all of the motivation comes back. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you, you can feel like you have some space, like you don't want to give up that you're not questioning. You're like, ah, okay, this is great. Think about what I can do with all of this time. Think about what I can do with all of this space and this capacity. Um, you know, even for myself, 
I have someone that's another brain for me. And this is what I do for a living. But even having someone, you know, do this for me and be my other brain and think about it is freeing even for me. Mm. It's, it's huge. Yes. And so I think this, this aspect, because you mentioned, you know, like being in your projectorness or being in your generatorness. And so this is the, the different types in human design, right? And so looking at the visionary, looking at the business owner first, I think that's such a powerful place to start from because depending on who you are, that will shift what kind of support you need, right? And, or where like, Where's the most important place to start, depending on, you know, truly how much are you supposed to be physically doing in your business? Um, are you, well, so for me, I'll use me, me as an example. I am a manifesting generator um, and I have a 6-2 profile and I do tend to love the education part. I love to be with people. Um, sharing information, sharing, sharing time. Um, and I like having a lot of things to do. I do not, you know, the, uh, I guess the Alex Hormozy method of like build one thing to 10 million in revenue and then start something else. I'm like, that feels like, like dying <laughs> to me. <laughs> I can't, um, yeah. like one offer, you know, that's the thing. It's like, if your one offer isn't, I'm like, I no. Um, and that's just not for me for other people. That's a beautiful method. Um, but I know for me in my, my own, um, aura, it, it feels, you know, when I'm drawn to something, when I am excited about something, that's where I need to move. And so having support that can meet me and pivot with me, right and and will work with me in that way is really really important um so the kind of the flexibility having someone who can like be nimble with me um has been really important but yeah so tell me more about that process so how do you take um how do you take people through the human design process for them as the visionary and then this is one of my other favorite aspects of human design is the connections how you connect with other people. So talk a little bit about that too. So, um, you know, most of my clients opt to use human design um, in their work with me. It's nothing I, I force on anyone. I can still actually connect and dig deeper with you with, without knowing your design. But there's a lot of buzzwords and focus on, you know, use the CEO and the visionary need to have this space to be in your zone of genius. And, and, and while yes, that's important. Another aspect of that is actually setting up your team and everything or, and everyone around you to be in their zone of genius. Mm -hmm. So I actually go, can go a little bit deeper um, with not just the business owners, but their teams to help build their teams small teams called Pentas in human design based on their team's human design and where that energy matches up and how they can help support their team and how each of the team members is going to work together and how to really bring that cohesive, like amazing team where it's like, I want to show up to a team meeting because we're going to have all kinds of ideas and then they're going to leave and then everything's just going to be put in place. It's that, it's that safety net 
that we need to put in place with our team. Um, but as far as using human design with just the business owner, which is where everything starts with me, sure, we can surround you with kind of customized systems and workflows and a, and a customized action plan. But what the human design allows me to do is see, number one, you know, if you are a generator, well, you're meant to work, do what you love, love what you do. Um, and you're here to, to have satisfaction and not experience frustration. So frustration in your work, those are going to be red flags. That's, that's immediately what we need to address. Um, you know, projectors, you're not going to have the constant, consistent energy that generators do. So we have to put some things around you to allow you to go, mm, energy's not there today. It's not a laziness thing. It's just how you're built, but you're actually made to lead. Right. Um, but taking and human design has so many complexities that I could talk for hours and how we can dig deeper and deeper into your defined and undefined centers and the channels and the gates and the energy that you bring. But even high level with human design, you know, I can work with somebody, even if it's like you as a manifesting generator. You are going to feel like you're in a box if you have to take that one project all the way to the end. You need the flexibility to be able to float between projects and things you feel very passionate about. And your struggle as a manifesting generator is you're not actually meant to initiate, you are meant to do. And it's kind of balancing going where you feel without doing that initiating and you know waiting for your body to tell you mm -hmm. what are the right things to move forward with. Um, but you know, working with, with a projector they may have the same need. They're just not going to bring the same energy. So we have to go at a different pace, surround them with different things, a different type of team generators that are going to bring that energy that they can feed off of when they need to. Um, and then that kind of worker energy that they're going to be able to take and do a lot of the doing mm -hmm. that actually provides that space um, that that visionary needs. So the feeling when I can go deeper with a business owner, I've sat across from business owners, sat in Zoom. We are very surface level on their human design to start out with. Just what your strategy means, what what you being a generator means, you know, what what is your not self theme? Hey, if you're frustrated, there's your red flag. You're not doing something that's aligned with you. So I want you to pay attention to that. It's like watching their eyes open and light bulbs go off they're like oh that totally sounds like me yeah but how often do you pay attention to that right how often do you address that right away or how often do you sit with as a generator if we're doing everything aligned we're incredibly satisfied like how often do you sit with that satisfaction and go yeah i'm on the right track like this is where I'm supposed to be, what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, and then that, that, that your strategy, how your body tells you what to respond to. That's a really big thing um, that I work with business owners on is how do you decipher and work through the shiny object syndrome? Oh, this course looks great. I think it's going to solve all of my needs. And you're over here and over here and over here. And I have this idea, but I need to do this. And this is on my list. How does your body actually tell you what you should be doing, what you shouldn't be doing? Mm -hmm. And when I discovered my human design and really went deep into it, it was 
the biggest game changer in my career and in my business that I have ever had. And it was simply by getting in touch with who I am, what I need to respond to, you know, why sometimes I feel very frustrated, why sometimes I feel really happy and satisfied. It's because that's how I'm built, right? I'm a pure generator. That's how I'm, that's how I'm built. But following that feeling and how do you follow that feeling and then going deeper into it, you know, all of the different energies and complexities that go into it has been the single biggest game changer. Despite all of the teams I've built, despite all of the businesses I've built and run, the single mode, and I've done tons of personality, you know, questionnaires and, and all of the things. Like I know a lot about myself, but this is the single most thing that has been eye-opening um, is probably the best way I can describe learning your human design. It is eye-opening. I agree with that so wholeheartedly. I um, I also, I love any other personality test. Like I'll take them all, right? Yeah. What do you say I am? Um, not the ones that are like, which friend are you? Or, you know, like not those ones really, but the deeper ones, you know, the, um, the Myers-Briggs, the Enneagram, the um, wealth builders. Um, there are so many. Uh, the Colby actually is super interesting. I love all of these. And human design is the one that I, I, I feel like there's so there's always another nuance to dive into that you can get so much out of just the surface level. Like you're talking like just knowing some of the true basics will start pointing you in the right direction. And then there's just layer upon layer. You can go as deep as you can possibly imagine. Right. Or you can be happy with, okay, like for me, same, my, my themes are satisfaction and frustration and knowing that for me was a game changer too. When frustration arises, that's an immediate, an immediate slowdown. Like don't let that fester immediately stop and take note. Why am I feeling frustrated? What's coming up? What's, what's kind of like bringing this around? And I, so I think it would be really valuable if we share just for each type, like that's, I think that's a perfect one. Even if you are new to human design or if you go and check your human design chart, um, I'll put some resources actually in the show notes for this one so people can go pull their chart as well in case they haven't ever done that before. Um, but projectors, I think projectors are so fascinating. Um, I also do, you know, with any client that wants to do human design with me, um, I'll pull their chart and we'll do we'll do that within the financial planning process as well. And I want to say in all of the charts that I have pulled, um, it's somewhere around like 45% or so are projectors, mm -hmm. which is high. Like it's interesting because they're only technically around 20% of the population, I think is a what I've read. And so it, it's like, I do tend to draw projectors to me, I guess, so that they feel there's like a safety in maybe I know how to invite them, um, right. Give them the invitation to then, then speak and share. Um, but with projectors, it's their themes are success or bitterness, right? So when are you like, and that you're like, Ooh, I don't want, I'm not bitter. I don't want to be bitter. Right. Nope. Tell us more about that. What does that mean for a projector? 
Yeah, it's again, it's the same as with a generator where you're looking at when I feel frustrated, when I feel immense satisfaction, those are things to pay attention to. So for a projector, it's it's just, it's a deep down sense of bitterness. Like it's it's past frustration. It's not even really anger. You're just going to hang on to it and it's bitter and it can eat you up, especially if you really don't address it in the moment. So when those feelings of like a little resentful, a little bitter, stop right then, you know, and, and analyze it. Is it the person? Is it the situation? Is it what I'm trying to pursue? You know, um, and find out what it is about that that isn't aligned for you. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and, and again, success similar to satisfaction, but it's a slightly different feeling when you are doing what you're supposed to be doing and you're very aligned with how you're living and how you're working, you're going to have this extreme sense of success. Like I did it. I made it. I accomplished it. I've done it. And that's the feeling that you want, right? So learning to live and work in alignment with your design means you're rarely going to be bitter. And most often you're going to have this feeling of success. But the difference with projectors is you don't have consistent energy like a generator does. So you actually have to surround yourself with space and the right structure to allow for space for you to roll with those energetics that are not consistent. Some people that aren't familiar can be can label that as lazy or they're just not dedicated. Inconsistent. Exactly. But I've seen so many projectors work like their generators. It causes very serious health conditions. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, a recent person that I ran across and and worked with, I think five biopsies in the last year and a heart attack scare. Mm -hmm. Just by not knowing how, how to work within their design. And they, uh, you know, they happen to be a splenic authority. So which that is a hard authority sometimes to, to get a grasp on because it's very instantaneous and in the moment. And how does that show up for you? Um, but to live in alignment and have those feelings of success or satisfaction and happiness, you have to learn to go by your authority. You know, how your body tells you what's right for you and what's wrong for you. Because chances are, if you're frustrated, if you're bitter, you didn't follow your authority. You didn't listen to yourself. Tell yourself what direction to follow and what direction not to follow. Um, and so, again, even for projectors, that bitterness, it's the same with generators. It's the same with any of the others. Knowing those not self themes and those self themes, like those are your red flags. And that's usually a really key component for business owners to understand identify your red flags and stop right then. So we did. So manifesting generators and generators both have the same, you know, frustration and satisfaction um, as the, the theme and not theme. Um, So, and that we are roughly 70% of the population, right? So there's, we're a big chunk. Um, I think I read that manifesting generators are about 34% ish. So it's kind of half and half almost. 
um, between the two of us. Um, so Mara said she's a pure generator. I'm a pure manifesting generator. And so we can, the other thing we can know also is that, you know, roughly 70% of the people that we that are out there in the world are similar in that way, right? That frustration is going to be a not self theme and satisfaction is going to be like you are in, in the flow, right? When you're feeling really satisfied. Uh, I think that's really helpful to know. The other two, so projectors are about 20% of the population. And then we have manifestors at about 9% of the population and reflectors at 1%. So uh, tell us a little bit about manifestors. They are very, very interesting. Oh, I love manifestors. And again, you know, they're a very small part of the population, um, but manifestors are actually here to inform. They're here to initiate. They're here to have the ideas and then call in the generators and the projectors that need to take these projects, the projectors to lead the generators to do. Right. So they're actually here to, you know, they generate the ideas. They have all of the things they're not meant to do. And so, again, like with projectors, there's a lot of manifestors that work as generators. You know, they're not meant to to do. They're not going to have consistent energy just like projectors and actually nine to five working environments for manifestors are really, really tough. You know, if you find out that you're a manifestor, you're probably not going to be able to function very well within that constraint. Again, there's energy that's not consistent and you need to learn to, to kind of flow with that one. Um, and again, as, as generators, we have to wait to respond to the right things, right? So manifest, they're going to have these ideas and we're going to run across ideas. If we wait to respond to the right ones, the manifestors are going to kind of pull us in to those right, those right things. So they're very great as leaders, thought leaders, you know, kind of developing overall visions um, and then pulling in the, those right people. And there for them, their themes are anger and peace. And so I I think that's so interesting. My husband is actually a manifester. He's an emotional manifester. Um and very, very interesting design. I I think that about everyone pretty much. <laughs> see any chart I see, I'm like, oh, this is fascinating. Um, but because you know, manifestors are such a small part of the population, it really is interesting. Like there aren't very many. Um, and my husband happens to be here with me all the time. And so I get to, you know, know him deeply and understand that. And the anger piece is so interesting, the anger versus the peace. And so I also, I, I have an open emotional center, an open solar plexus. He has a defined solar plexus. I actually feel a lot of the emotions, right? So it like passes through me like a sieve when the emotions in my house are, there are five of us that live here and two dogs, right? So there's lots of emotions happening and I yeah. will receive and feel all of that. Uh, but I can really feel when there's, you know, the anger versus the peace. I can feel that very strongly um, within my own body. And it's so interesting. Um, and when we say anger, it's not like anger management issues, really like that's not so it's so it's so interesting with these you know the not self 
themes. Um, it doesn't mean, you know, they're running around like blowing up at people all the time. Like that's not the anger necessarily. A lot of it's more like that internal, like, oh, I feel that fire of of anger in inside. Um, tell tell us more about that. How might yeah, someone experience it, that if they're a manifester? Yeah, no, it's a really good explanation. Um, it it's again, it's not running around trying to beat up people and just walking around like one big ball of anger. Uh, I mean, if you are really not in alignment, like if a lot of things are just making you angry and you're walking around angry all of the time, that's probably red flag number one that maybe we need to reassess who you're around and and what you're doing. Um, But I'm the same way. I have an open um, or undefined solar plexus. And so I can also kind of pick up and anger is a strong one um, that, that we can pick up. And it is, it's that deep seated, like it can borderline on bitterness. Bitterness is just a slightly different feeling and harder sometimes for me to pick up, but there's this, it comes across more in words. Anger comes across more in that feeling. And it's this deep seated, like, like you just feel like this inside, right? It's just, mm, I'm so angry and I'm so, mm, I don't know what to do about it that is really your sign you need to stop um, and, and assess the situation and the people you're around and, and what is going on and what is that trigger that mm-hmm. is not aligned for you. But if you can sit back with that feeling of just general peace inside, again, that's also one that's very, very internal. It's just a, um, and I've had manifestors describe it as like this, almost like internal, your body just like relaxes. And there's a, I, I can just sit back. Like I'm, I'm just like, everything's great. Mm-hmm. Like, all is well right now with the world <laughs> type of type of feeling. Yeah. Um, I picture like placid waters. Yes. You just like glassy, calm. Like I feel calm inside, right? That's, that's the other that that comes to me versus the raging <laughs> boiling right like nope we're just we're just nice and calm um yeah and then reflectors i want to make sure we get to all of them and then talk about how these all connect how do we connect to each other uh yes. so reflectors are only one percent of the population so there are very few i have had the privilege of knowing a couple um they're so beautiful so interesting um and their themes are uh, disappointment in the not self and uh, surprise, right? In the in the self. So tell us more about that one. That's fun. Yeah. Again, and I haven't had the privilege to personally know a reflector because they are um, so rare. Um, so I definitely want to to have some of those cross my universe. Um, but I do think, especially with all of their open centers. Um, they can be very much a a reflection. Again, reflector is the name. They can be very much a reflection of what you're feeling, what you're thinking. They absorb the energy from from everyone that they're around. Um, It can be tough to be a reflector because if you don't know that you're doing that, um, that can carry you into a lot of you're not so you're going to be disappointed in people. You're going to be disappointed in situations like, well, that didn't turn out like I wanted it to, you know, or I, that person really let me down. 
like I really, I really thought, I really thought something different, you know? Um, and so, and it's because you, because reflectors, it's like this power in their undefined centers to kind of amplify the energy around them. It can actually be a very beautiful, um, eye-opening like wisdom that they can bring to the table. Um, so if they are able to channel that energy and not absorb it, <laughs> so they don't live in, in unalignment, um, but if they're able to live in alignment, channel it, know what they're absorbing, they kind of reflect that back at the rest of the group. And so it can actually kind of be this temperature gauge in, in teams um, that is really helpful to gauge you know, where everyone is as a team. They can also kind of help identify where individuals in the team are um, because they kind of absorb and can detect that energy. Mm, beautiful. So those are our, those are our types. Um, and what you were saying before about then taking, taking that, so taking that information about the business owner, what are you, what are your strengths? You know, we, um, the other thing that I wanted to say about that is, is, you know, being in your zone of genius and having everyone else in their zone of genius as well. Um, I mean, I talk about this a ton myself, like that's, that's where your expansion really lies right? That's where you can expand with more ease, with more grace, with more play, with more fun, with more flow is when you are in that zone of genius. And when your team is in their zone of genius as well, it's the same, right? Like when you are empowering the people around you to be their best self, like I don't think we've even seen what business can really do, what good business can do when full teams are empowered to be their best selves. What do you see in this area? What do you see is like possible in this area for business owners and their teams? Oh my God, the sky is the limit. You know, again, there's a lot of focus on, on putting us in our zone of genius and surrounding ourselves with the right, the, the, the right things. And for those that have done it and experienced the magic that happens when you do it, you're like, oh, here's the growth. Here's the creative space. My vision's happening. Okay, think about that times two, five, ten, however many people are on your team. If everyone is sitting in that amazing space, their, their zone of genius is valued. You trust them. You go to them. They they do their thing like it's magical. They come out with this great thing and contribute it to the team. And you're just like, huh, it's like a, it's, it's, it's even more amazing than what happens when you put just the owner and just the visionary in their zone of genius. Um, and so I'm actually doing a lot of work with folks. There's a huge shift in business right now. People don't want to be a number. Yeah. And actually, Money's great, but honestly, if they're valued and they know that they are supported by the team that they are a part of, money doesn't become the major component. They want to belong. They want to feel a part of something, right? Because you are bringing these people along to help support you in your vision. 
And I see all too often, and it's very easy to get into, as you grow, you start switching into that corporate mind. I got to think about the bottom line. You know, I, 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 you know, I can't pay this person this much. Well, how did you feel when you were on the other side of that, other side of that shoe? Did you feel valued? Mm-hmm. You know, did you feel a part of something? You are repeating the same things that people don't want to be a part of anymore. So in fact, for my team, I actually, I have a team of integrators but I bring them all on with their human design. We go over them. I know what their designs are. I know what energy they bring. I know where their strengths are. And while I have packages, I can actually custom match clients to integrators and OBMs to set up their systems and continue the work that, that we've started. I actually let them go with their zone of genius and their flow and the results are absolutely amazing. I don't have to micromanage. I don't have to go, oh, you're doing your tech. Like, this is how you need to do it. This is how. No, my job's easy. I do my thing. They do their thing. I can go on vacation. Things are covered. You know, you see these people, they, they're throwing up pictures, working from the beach. I'm somewhere traveling around the world, living life, loving life, work 10 hours a week, make millions. Okay. There's probably partly bullshit behind that, but (laughs) if they're, if they're putting that out there, however, there are people genuinely doing that. And the way they do that is they have the right team is the right people in the right places. It's like this big giant safety net that, you know, you can live and enjoy the life that you want to enjoy, that everybody wants to enjoy, and your business is still running itself. Mm -hmm. It is such a freeing, amazing thing. It's even hard to, it's hard to describe. You know, people are like, I want that. Like, okay, well, this is what it requires to do that. Um, Always try to remind business owners, you know, always think back to, We've all worked for someone else. We've all had frustrations working for someone else. What did you not want to have happen? And what did you wish you wanted to have happen? And then put that into your own business, mm-hmm. right? Treat people like people. That uh, that ethos, um, it really is. It's such a big shift. And it's it's fascinating to watch, truly, from, you know, from the entrepreneur side, um, there's, I hear two stories, right? So there's the story that nobody wants to work anymore, which is utterly untrue. There, There is no truth to that. Every person wants to contribute in some way, right? It's in our nature. It's in our nature to contribute to the collective in the way that feels right. It's just that so many of the jobs that people have been doing for the last hundred years have been menial, or have been, you know, do this thing this way, don't make any mistakes and like do more of it, right? Like just be, have more output, more output. And people are, especially in the younger generations are, are, are opting out. They're like, I can, I can do anything else. I would rather, right. I would rather, you know, drive Uber than work for someone else who's going to, you know, just treat me, like you said, like a number, But they, you know, not everyone actually wants to be an entrepreneur and not everyone has the drive to, but they do want the 
the feeling of ownership over their their work. Mm-hmm. And so that's where where I truly believe this system, this honoring of everyone that on every team, when your team members can own their role, when they can feel like this is mine, I I rock at this, they're in their self-theme, whether that's satisfaction or um, surprise or peace or, you know, whatever it is, um, they can feel that success within themselves in their role because they don't actually have the true risk appetite that entrepreneurs have the tip of the spear. One of my mentors calls it that, you know, you're at the tip of the spear. Uh You're the one that's out in front leading. You're the one that created the business. You're the one that has the vision, right? You are out there at the front. Not everyone has, again, that risk tolerance, that appetite for, you know, it's going to be okay. The ability, you know, to, to lead in that way, but they want to lead something in a, that's in a little bit safer container. And those, that, that's the balance. I believe that's the balance between, you know, there are people who are really, you know, serial entrepreneurs even, right. I mean, like, I don't know, I've started three businesses at this point. Um, why not? Because I, yeah, like I have to, I don't know why. Um, I do know why, but it's like, even if you, if you want to find the people that will support your vision, you know, like you said, you don't have to pay triple or double a corporate rate. Like you just have to provide a place where they can make the money that, you know, they feel well compensated, well valued, and they're able to really like contribute to the process. People want to contribute um, to that. Yeah. I got a little bit of soapbox there. (laughs) I, I've gotten on my soapbox multiple times today and, you know, we won't go into this and maybe this is part two of our conversation, but even going deeper and more complex into what your profile is. So you remember you mentioned you're a six, two, I'm a four, six, you know, my magnetic opposite are one threes and I seem to pull them out of the woodwork and, and work with them all of the time. Um, but that profile adds a whole nother color to what you need to surround yourself with. It can actually paint a very big picture of your marketing style and where you maybe need to, to focus your efforts be, and give, be given permission that that's where you need to focus and not doing all of the other things that everyone else wants you to do. So yeah, maybe that's, maybe that's part two, but there's a whole nother window, but I just want to encourage entrepreneurs, you know, even if you want to cursorily learn your design or use Enneagram or Fascinate's another one of my favorites, um, use some kind of tool to get to know you and get to know your team and respect other people as people and know that everyone is made differently. And it doesn't mean you have to 100% cater to all their needs. That's not what we're saying. But if you respect who they are and what they do and how they do it and create a space to allow that to flow. Holy cow. The, like the sky is not even a limit. Like you just, you can go to whatever level you want to go to. Um, you can feel fabulous doing it. Well, Mara, 
like you said, we, I, I think we do have to do a part two, um, because there's, oh, there's so much, there's so much to talk about. We didn't actually scratch the surface of connections as much as I thought we would in our time. So we'll have to do that. Uh, yes. profile lines again, fascinating, so important. That's the space where, you know, you could have two pure generators with very similar, you know, designs. And then if you have two different profiles, there you're going to show up very differently in the world. Um, so that it's a very important distinction as well. I love that. But if people are busy getting to know themselves, which is beautiful and what we want, how can they also get to know you, Mara? What's the best way for people to reach out to you, to connect with you? Tell us how to get there. Um, well, I love to connect people, connect with folks over on LinkedIn. So you can find me on LinkedIn, Mara Whitener. Um, you can check me out on, on Facebook um, or check out my website. It's whitenerpros.com uh, and get a, get a better sense of, you know, what we may offer. But if you're just struggling, you don't know where to find the answers, you know, there's a better way to do things and you don't know what that is. I encourage you connect with me on LinkedIn, check out my website, book a call, just come chat with me. I just want to get to know you, lay it all out. We're going to see if we can help you. Guess what? I've got a pretty big network. So if I'm not the person, I'm going to point you in the right direction because there's no need to sit there and suffer. We're going to find you the, the right direction for you and the right answers so you can get on with what you want to get on with. So I'd love to connect with all of you um, and just live in your world. So come and come connect with me on LinkedIn. Love that. And did you try and just pronounce your name? Your name is Mara. It is. Yes. Mara. Okay. I So I said Mara like 40 times. Um, so Mara, which I can remember because it's like Hannah instead of Hannah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yes. Got the long A in the front there. So Mara Whitener, thank you so much for being here today. It was an absolute joy to talk with you. And I can't wait for the next time. We'll put it on the calendar. Definitely. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Bye, everyone. See you next time. That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening and be sure to like and subscribe. And again, if anything resonated with you from this episode, I would love to hear from you. Email me at Hannah, H-A-N-N-A-H, at expansiveceo.com and tell me about it. And if you're ready for your greatest expansion, you can find ways to work with me at expansiveceo.com and at xsquaredwealthplanning.com. That's X, the numeral two, wealthplanning.com. So until next time, remember that there is enough, you are enough, and your birthright in this lifetime is to be expansive. <laughs>